0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen Bill is wearing the gold cape, so I had to wear my gold pants. <laughs> I am a recovering Baptist. Unless you think that I mock the twelve step system you need to know that being a Baptist, at least my brand of Baptist, is addictive. It feeds that place in my ego that tells me I'm right, that I have the answers. And not just for myself, the answers you need too, just ask me. (laughs) And that feels good. It makes me want another hit. I grew up as a fundamentalist separatist Baptist now you probably know what a fundamentalist is someone who adheres to the strict literal interpretation of scripture but a separatist Baptist is someone who is so right that it's wrong to even associate with someone who thinks differently in my world Billy Graham was a bad guy, because he once sat on a stage with the Pope. And so that was like Billy Graham saying, the Pope's a good guy and there's room in the world for his views of God and Jesus. And us saying, you're wrong. You see, people who think differently are scary. In today's gospel, we heard about two disciples on the road to Emmaus. The scariest people in the world for them were the occupying Romans. That's why Jesus' talked about a new kingdom through such a crowd. It's why just a week ago they were shouting Hosanna in the street, and some called him the king of the Jews. And some disciples carried a sword, because Jesus was supposed to overthrow the Romans. Romans are scary people. But if I had been one of those two on the road to Emmaus, I would have had my head down, sorting and sifting closer scary people. Should we shun Peter? What if Thomas and his, his thoughts, Maybe we should reorganize and only associate with people who don't doubt or deny. My earliest religious memory was a backyard Bible club where we learned the song, "The Color Song." my heart was black with sin until the savior came in and this happy little uh, evangelical anthem stop and let me tell you what the lord has done for me (laughs) those happy little earworms indoctrinate and a heart black with sin was a heavy load for a five-year-old wrestling with her abusive family. So, I raised my hand and prayed the prayer to ask Jesus into my heart. And in Children's Church, I learned from a very scary retired missionary that if I didn't confess every single day, every single sin, that I might die in the night and wake up in hell. So, I'd better get it right, and I did. I sat still, I paid attention, I sang in church, I answered questions correctly in youth group. I didn't tell. I went to the sanctioned Baptist college and got a degree in being right. I even married a guy from that little Baptist college Because, you know, that was what was right. And yet, even though I did it all right, it didn't feel right. It felt insincere. Because when you have to get it right all the time, you hide. When you have to go about wearing your every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before face... It doesn't work. Because if anyone saw who I really was, they might see a doubter or a denier or heaven forbid a despairer. That's why I was so intrigued when I met a new work colleague. She wore body-conscious clothing, and sometimes let a little curse word slip out. She'd have a bad day and let it show. And her authenticity was very attractive. So when she invited me to go with her to her church, a little bit broader brand of evangelicalism, I gladly accepted. I found them so refreshing. They even had 12-step meetings that were going on in their church. I wanted to change churches. And I talked to my husband about it, and he said, No, they have a woman on their pastoral staff. And that's not biblical. Women are scary people. When my husband and I moved back to California... I started reading a lot of C.S. Lewis. My mind was opened with new ways of seeing my faith. Like in the, um, the Great Divorce, he talks about heaven being a place that's sturdier and heavier than earthly things. And in the book The Weight of Glory, he talks about us being like children, who refuse an offer to go for a day at the beach because we'd rather sit in the mud making our little mud pies because we don't understand the offer. When I tried to share some of these things with my husband, he said he wasn't sure I should be reading someone so heavily influenced by Tolkien, a devout Roman Catholic. Catholics. Are scary people <laughs> When I decided it was time to heal and um, from my childhood trauma, I chose to read "The Courage to Heal" by Ellen Bass and Laura Davis. I wrote a journal to my younger self. I talked things through with my mother. And I faced my brokenness. I shared some of this with my husband. And would you believe that he didn't think I should be taking the advice of lesbians? lesbians are very scary people. Like me, the disciples on the road to Emmaus had done everything they thought to be right. They left their homes to follow Jesus. They untangled the truths of his parables. They walked with him everywhere, even into Jerusalem, where the scariest people were. And then, everything changed. In the past three days, their most revered religious leaders condemned their favorite rabbi as a criminal. The one that they believed to be the Messiah, the Redeemer of Israel, had been crucified. And just this morning, some crazy women came running in to say his body wasn't in the tomb where it belonged. Now, nothing felt right but then jesus shows up as a stranger and says to them oh how foolish you are how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared and walking with them he reveals the truth the truth they had missed and their hearts burned within them. Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart, Jesus said. What? I would have said. I am a Baptist college graduate. I took Bible survey, I read it cover to cover. I know who to believe about what's right and what's wrong. I like to think Jesus would have chuckled and thrown his arm around my shoulders and told me a thing or two as we walked together. And I think it would have needed to be a longer road than seven miles to Emmaus. (laughs) Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart Jesus was gently saying to me through my new work colleague, through C.S. Lewis, through Ms. Bass and Ms. Davis. I found life and transformation in their book. So I read on, regardless of what my husband said, and I wrote a confrontational letter to my abuser. And when I read that letter to my husband, he did not hug me or tell me how brave I was. Instead, He asked if I was sure I should send it. After all, Don, it was a long time ago. He's a nice guy. Do you really want to stir all this up? That was the day I divorced him in my heart. But in my Baptist world, the only reason for divorce is infidelity. So I started seeing a counsellor hoping to find skills so that I could stay. My thing, the truth was, I was looking for permission to leave. When I moved out, people asked me if I knew how much I was hurting my husband. And my mom read me a letter she had written to me describing how divorce had ruined her life, and how that wasn't what God wanted for me. My pastor at the time pressured me to stay married. He asked me to imagine what would happen if he were to leave his wife, and he warned me that my musical leadership would be over, that my husband would have to resign as a deacon, and I knew I would have to withdraw my membership to avoid being publicly disciplined leaving my husband. My husband himself tried the best, he knew how, to win me back. He found my car in town and put a card and some chocolates inside. And we started seeing a counselor, a marriage counselor, that our pastor recommended. But that only showed how far gone I already was. Those I finally had to look at my husband in his moist eyes and say I am not coming back and those were some of the hardest days of my life I cried a lot my marriage was dead it was my ultimate failure I was going against Everything that those I respected the most told me was right. I was face to face with the foolishness and futility of my ways. I was now the bad guy. I was the scary person. Perhaps the disciples on the road were also experiencing their ultimate failure. Think of all they had given up to follow Jesus. And now, this one they'd left everything for, calling him the Messiah, is dead. Maybe they were the bad guys. Maybe they'd gotten it all wrong. Maybe they should just lay low and then kind of slip back into the temple when nobody was looking. But those days of my ultimate failure were also some of the most revealing days of my life. I began recognizing God's very specific love for me by way of something I read in another book, G.K. Chesterton's Orthodoxy. Chesterton espouses what he calls religious imagination. What? You're allowed to do that? (laughs) Chesterton suggests that when I see the light hit a, a leaf a certain way that catches my eye, to consider that a wink from heaven, a little love note specifically for me from God. And why not think this way? How wonderful every mundane thing becomes when you start noticing and acknowledging God's presence in it. One day, when I was feeling particularly heavy and and defeated, I was leaning my head on the back sliding door and I dared to say to God you know what I like I like seeing birds flying all together It's one of my favorite things I stood there longer with my head just staring out at the at the field processing the weight And suddenly There was a flock of starlings, whirling about the air, looking for their evening perch. Do you know what a group of starlings is called? It's a murmuration. So what if those starlings were a murmuration of God's delight? And not just his delight for the whole world, his delight for me. I had just asked for it. And then pigeons started accompanying me on my walks to and from work. (laughs) I took them as heavenly winks. And I winked back. And why not birds? The disciples saw Jesus in bread. Regular, everyday, fill-your-belly bread. I saw him in birds and books. I forgot to say something about the bread that's kind of cute. Forgive me, I'm going to go backwards. (laughs) So... When the disciples saw Jesus in the breaking of bread, I think that's kind of a heavenly wink, too. Because it was only four days ago that he told these guys, look, every time you eat bread, remember me. And that's when they saw him. And maybe that's the point. Remembering, noticing, recognizing the disciples saw Jesus revealed in bread I saw him in birds and books I didn't recognize Jesus in many people on my walk that's because when you're a recovering Baptist people are scary people might see my inconsistencies people might see that I'm not always right. So I tend to hide from them. I am still recovering, after all. I can be authentic in a song or a letter. But if you just come up and start talking to me, you probably got that deer-in-the-headlights look, because that's me still recovering. (laughs) But Jesus did reveal himself to me in people. My friend Susie walked with me the whole time, before and after my divorce, when so many of my other friends disappeared. She literally walked with me in Bidwell Park. And I recognize her now as the voice of of Jesus telling me not to be so hard on myself. And my counselor, Sharon, She was the voice of Jesus when she gently, subtly suggested that I'm not the one whose job it is to save the world. (laughs) That was destined for someone else before the foundation of the world. And when my then pastor, Steve Shipstead, asked me if I wouldn't join the worship team, I cowered and I said, No, I can't do that. I love my husband. But he and Bill Hammond put their hands on my head and declared me the daughter of the king, fully forgiven and useful. And you, hands and feet that go hands and feet of Jesus, that go by the name of Faith Lutheran, I see Jesus in you. you are revealing Jesus to me as we walk the road together. You remind me that I am, as it says in 1 Peter, ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from my ancestors. And that Jesus is being revealed for my sake in our genuine mutual love. Sometimes... I still think people are scary. Sometimes I judge them. Sometimes I'm afraid they're judging me. But the truth is, people are not scary. People are sacred. All people are sacred. Even Fundamentalist separatist Baptists are sacred. People are sacred because Jesus shows up in them. May I see Him in you, and may you see Him in me. This recovering Baptist.